0: Hello and welcome to Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host Kyle Cruz and I'm joined by my co-host. Hello everybody, my name is David Berman. I am
1: the Daily Nebraskans assistant news editor um, for just like two more weeks as we wind down this very long and stressful semester Um, and I also do this podcast.
2: Yeah,
0: as well as...
2: (laughs) Um, I'm Mia Everding. I am a graduate student and will continue to be so, and a co-host of this podcast, which I will no longer be in a couple of weeks. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah, that's life. How long
0: are we planning on doing this podcast into the summer?
1: (laughs) I don't know. As long as the DN will allow, which is till July 1st.
0: Cool. I'm cool with continuing till then. Okay. Okay. Then
1: another two months. Yes.
0: Yeah. Times. Plenty
1: plenty more podcasts. Yes.
0: yes. Um but yeah, anyway, I'm I'm Kyle Cruz. Uh I guess at this point I just host this podcast. This is what Damn. I do. Yeah. I I no longer write for the DN.
1: This boy published his last Daily Nebraskan article last week.
0: This is true. Yeah, so I'm just in a weird void that I'm about to graduate but not writing, so I'm just hosting this podcast. And cool. then after that, I'll be in a void where I am no longer a student here and i'm just and you kind also of... still host this, host this podcast <laughs> yeah i will still host this podcast it'll be a weird transition period you will
1: host this podcast until the end of time yes also known as july 1st <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but yeah so we'll just jump right into it with our first segment which is what have i done
2: what have i done
0: what have i done is a segment where we just talk about whatever we've been watching over the past week or so whatever movies or tv or whatever uh whether or not it was any good um so as usual dave let's start with you what have you been up to
1: so yeah last week um on friday yes uh the mortal Kombat movie came out on hbo max and theaters right yeah yeah and so I am not a Mortal Kombat fan. I have seen gameplay of the games. I think I've maybe played it once or twice. Um, but I am by, by no means a, a, a big aficionado of, of this video game franchise. But it was on HBO Max, um, and my roommates and I wanted to watch something kind of dumb on a Friday night. And so we watched it. And um, I hated it. I thought it really, really sucked. Uh, I went in with pretty low expectations just based on what I had heard, um and though even those were not met i I thought it, kind of comparing it to Godzilla Godzilla versus Kong. I went into that thinking this is, will be, you know, I'm not here for the plot. I'm here for some action and some just dumb hour and a half of just things fighting and explosions and gore and like cool. and and you know, that's Sometimes that's just what you want out of a movie. Um, And I feel like the human, the non-fighting, non-Big Monkey, Big Lizard action action stuff in that movie was, like, serviceable enough that I was like, I enjoy this movie. And that is very much not the case for Mortal Kombat. Like, I thought, in general, the action was pretty good. It's very very Mortal Kombat-y. There are some very, very gruesome, like, fatality moments in this that I think, as someone who has a just base knowledge of this franchise, was like, that's cool, and that's very, like, faithful to the game. But everything else was just atrocious, just, like, the writing and the acting, and they kind of introduced, like, this new character who's supposed to be the main character, and he just is terrible. Like, just, <laughs> I... Cannot, I don't remember his name. I know he had a family he had to protect. Um, is his name Cole? His name is Cole, yes. <laughs> even <laughs> Kyle knows and he hasn't even seen this movie. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I fell asleep at the end because uh, it was kind of late <laughs> and I was just really bored. And I just woke up and they were like, we're not going to do Mortal Kombat in this one. I guess, spoiler alert, they don't do Mortal Kombat in this movie. It, it is, <sighs> it's dumb. Um, I think as we have talked about maybe on this podcast, the guy who plays Sub-Zero in this said that they're doing, like, he sign on for four more after this, which is so many. And I don't think they will get there, depending on how this does. But uh, Yeah.
0: Um, so you watched this on HBO Max? Yep. Cool. Uh, do you think seeing it on a big screen would have made a difference? I don't even think so. Just because
1: I think I would have maybe enjoyed the action more and would have been more... Just intrigued by it, and maybe visually it would have looked better. But I found that on a small, even on a small screen, I, I the CGI looked bad. Like I, some of the sets just looked like they were just standing on a green screen. And I think that would have been even more amplified just on a massive screen. So I don't think so. I think I still would have been like, all the stuff that is in the fighting is just so boring and bad, and it's just <laughs> people standing in a room and yelling at each other and saying their catchphrases from the game, and I'm just like this, but I f- from the Twitter discourse I have seen, a lot of people seem to be really liking this, um, so maybe if you're a big fan of Mortal Kombat, this is just right up your alley but it just really was not for me
0: Yeah, uh, it seems like general movie going audiences are like really enjoying this just like think, having a fun time with it and it's doing pretty well at the box office like it's not doing as like well as like Godzilla vs. Kong did, but it's still like domestically it made $20 million opening weekend and I think worldwide so far it's made like upwards of $50 million. On a pretty low budget. Um, So I think there's a good chance that we get a sequel to this. Um, The general kind of uh, attitude I've gathered um, about getting a sequel is a lot of people are like, just make another one, but get an entirely new creative team for it. Like, get a different editor, get a different director, get a different writer, just like toss everyone out, bring in new people, and then continue with it. Um, Would you be interested in seeing a sequel like that?
1: I guess. I, I think that's just kind of like asking me if I want to see another movie because what what you're describing to me is just like, imagine this concept, but it's just totally different because this one sucked. So sure, like if if they if they changed everything about this that I hated, then yes, I think I wouldn't want to see another one.
0: <laughs> All right, on that note, uh Mia, what have you been up to?
2: Well, I like that Dave has talked about a really horrible um. A horrible movie that he suffered through and I have a totally different experience because just about 20 or 30 minutes ago I finished Sound of Metal, which I had planned to see before the Oscars um, and then I realized uh, I did not have any time. So I didn't see it um, and then I just was sitting in bed this afternoon and i should have done homework and i know that i should have done homework but i said "Mm, no i'm gonna watch a movie instead because i just really love watching movies and i miss watching movies just for fun so yeah i decided to watch it on um, amazon prime and wow it was very very good um i think the beginning sequence i was like hmm, what am I getting into? Um, but I know Kyle, or no, I think Dave had very glowing reviews of it and probably Kyle too, but mm-hmm. I remember what Dave had said. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a very, a very compelling story and I think um, obviously there's a reason that Riz Ahmed got nominated for Best Actor and it got nominated for Best Picture. I think it's just like a very, very well done story. Um. And I mean, the sound editing is was really impressive on that. So yeah, and it actually won that Oscar. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I was very, I wouldn't say I was pleasantly surprised because I went into it with pretty high expectations, but I was just talking about this before we started recording and I don't really watch new movies because I'm just worried that they're not going to be as good as maybe I've heard that they they are. Um so I just rewatch movies that I know are good, like um, like a ghost story, yeah. like Call a, a ghost me by story. Your name. <laughs> you know, I actually haven't seen that like since I wrote my senior thesis on it.
0: Yeah, it's like a year ago,
2: over a year ago. Um, yeah, or yeah, around a year. Yeah, um, I don't know if I can go back to Call Me by Your Name just because of everything that's kind of like <laughs> come from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. which is <laughs> Very a little sad. Good, yeah. yeah, but um, I have the soundtrack, so that's good. That's still good. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Um,
0: in terms of Sound of Metal or what I've been watching? I'm um,
2: just anything. What are What are you doing? Basically.
0: <laughs> what am I doing? Who um, are you? That's Kyle. Why? <laughs> All of these are good and valid <laughs> questions that I have no answers to. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, just very briefly. Yeah. Sound of Metal is is very good.
2: Uh, very good. I I started watching it and I texted my boyfriend and I was like, Hey, I'm watching this, and he was he was like. I thought we were gonna watch it together and then I felt what? really bad and I said, Well, I could stop watching it and he was like eh. and then I was like, Okay, I'm just be definitive and then I just continued watching it. So You're like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this. I figured if it was good enough I could see watching it again in a week and enjoying it still. So And will you do that? We'll see, but I think he was gonna see if he can watch it in the next couple of days. Nice. So
0: do you think if you had seen it before the Oscars that would have changed any of your predictions for who was going to win anything
2: not best actor although all of us turned out to be wrong on that um i don't think i would have pegged it for best um best picture and i i mean i just wildly guessed sound of or for sound and i was like well it has sound in the title so we'll pick that um and I don't think I really, I don't even remember what else it was up for. What do you um, think about Paul Racy, supporting actor? Oh, um, I realize I have no judgment on what good acting is. <laughs> I know bad acting. I can pick that out. But, like, okay. Like, I can see a good performance and be like, that's good. But then I don't know what to compare it to. And I think I was so, I think captivated by like Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith, who that was the, I think the only other yeah movie that I had seen for, for that category. So I don't think that would have changed any of my predictions. And I was actually wrong in that one as well. So yeah.
0: All right. Um, As far as what I've been watching, so it's just been a very hectic week, Uh, but we finished up Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, on Friday. We already talked about it a little bit in the last episode of the podcast, but now Mia's seen it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we c- <laughs> we can talk a bit more in depth about uh, the finale for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and just this series as a whole, I guess. Um, we're kind of using this as just an excuse to talk about this as a group. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed this finale. Um, I thought it was a really solid ending to what ended up being, I think, probably... The better of the two Marvel shows so far. I really enjoy WandaVision, but I think I think Falcon and Winter Soldier just edges it out for me. Partially because I think Falcon and Winter Soldier does a better job at sticking the landing than WandaVision did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the last episode of WandaVision kind of like there was really good parts of it, but I think it also kind of just devolved into people throwing glowing energy at each other. Yeah. Um, But this like there was like emotional stakes to a lot of what happened in this finale, Um, and man. So I guess spoiler alert for the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, but if you've been on the internet at all over the past few days, you've probably seen this. Sam Wilson as Captain America, boy howdy, uh, is so good. Yeah. Um, like I, I don't think even before this uh, episode aired, I don't think I was entirely sold on the idea of Sam Wilson as Captain America. Like I think, I liked Sam Wilson as a character um but i think i just wasn't sure if i wanted anybody to take on the mantle of Cap- captain america i kind of wanted them to just leave that and have sam be his own character but man seeing him show up as captain america and seeing how they handled that in this finale it sold me i'm on board 100 uh i just think he's first of all as we talked about on friday the costume is incredible yep. it's probably one of the better like superhero costumes to come out of the mcu so far um and man, Anthony Anthony Mackie wears the hell out of it. He looks so good uh, in, in, this, in this costume and just like, just the way his like demeanor changed now that he considers himself Captain America, but he's still Sam Wilson. Mm. And just like how his general attitude towards being Captain America is so different from Steve Rogers, but still like in that same vein, he still is worthy of the name Captain America. And so, yeah, I just had a really good time with it. Uh, I think the action sequences were really solid, just, like, seeing the way uh, he used that new suit, which, granted, like, I agree with some people that the new suit is a bit, like, overpowered, I guess, because it's kind of both the shield of Captain America, the, like, tech of Iron Man, and the vibranium of Black Panther just kind of all melded into one, Um, but also Sam Wilson doesn't have any, like, super soldier serum. He's just a guy. He's a guy that can use some wings and throw a shield. Um, But he does it really well. Um, I think it works really well. And I'm just really excited to see uh, where they go with this. Um, Now with a Captain America 4 being led by him. Um, And I think just the fact that they are doing a Captain America 4 with Sam Wilson as Captain America. Kind of really, like, I think is the the final, like, nail in solidifying the fact that the Marvel Disney Plus shows and the Marvel movies are kind of one continuum. Like, we talked a bit out of after one division about how like the shows were a little lesser um but i think the fact that they are willing to take sam wilson's version of captain america and like upgrade him to the movies shows that marvel even though these disney plus shows may not be as important they are treated as seriously and like they are they still have weight to them um so yeah i really enjoyed this what do you guys think
1: yeah i i loved it as well i think the finale is it didn't surprise me. Like, you know, it it very much is a Marvel finale where there's going to be a lot of action, very action heavy. I think the fifth episode, I think like I talked about on Friday, very much kind of ties up a lot of the loose ends and does more like character development and um, has just more like emotional depth to it. And I think they did that intentionally so then they can have a big 40 minute throwing some shields and doing some punching. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I liked it. Like, I think... The action was good, um, as Marvel Action is, and I, I agree with you. I think the this finale did have more like emotional stakes behind it than than WandaVision did. Um there was a lot of just screaming and yelling about power and how I want to get all the power and how I wanna shoot some power out of my hands. Yeah. And this was yeah, I think Um I think the show suffered a little bit from having too many villains. Um I think I individually liked to varying degrees the flag Carly and the Flag Smashers and John Walker and Zemo as like three kind of separate villainous arc type um characters uh I think none of them quite like wrapped up in a very satisfying way for me um and I think I guess the flag smashers maybe are just, they're all dead now. Like it's, it's kind of unclear if we're even just going to, and cause a big part of this was, Oh, well, if, even if we die, this movement will continue. There wasn't really much, much hints that like the movement will continue. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I think, um, and based on just what I've read and just a few like videos I've watched, I think they wanted to do different and like maybe more fleshed out things with the flag smashers than they actually did, but they had to do some reshoots with the pandemic and everything. So mm-hmm. I understand that. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I said a lot of things I don't like about this finale, but I did I did really <laughs> like it. Um and I think viewing it in the full context of the MCU, yeah, sure, it didn't like quite wrap up everything, but that's kind of the point of these is that they anything that happens in this will kind of bleed over into the next show. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What did you think, Mia?
2: Yeah, I think <laughs> I I'm looking at pictures of the outfit just so I can have a very clear picture of uh, what it looked like. Because I definitely forgot some of the elements. I really like the little, it looks like he has wings like coming into his, I don't know what part of the body that is. Like upper chest. I don't know. But it's like wings, the going into wings onto his his suit. That's very neat. Um, yeah, overall I think I I really like the finale. Um, I liked that like all of the actiony stuff which i was expecting in like the very end of it like kind of ended about halfway through or maybe two-thirds and then like there was still quite a lot of time left um for that really good scene of him talking to i think the, the senators and just having a very serious conversation and like i know i said in our chat or one of our chats just that it, it seemed very long like it was there's just like a lot of conversation topics to move through in that conversation but i think that it was handled well um because i think some of the more dramatic parts in like conversations in marvel movies like you're like okay it's a superhero movie like we're not going to have super realistic conversations and that just felt like a very serious conversation that was just done very well very like delicately and um i think it was just like an amazing introduction as of sam wilson as captain america and i think i mean obviously that's the point like they have very good writers to make sure that that's a good introduction for his character um but yeah i really i really liked it i liked how they wrapped up i think zemo's arc in the fourth episode, maybe? I feel like we saw him, and then he just, like, yeeted off. Maybe he was in the fifth. In the
0: fifth episode was when, like, the the Dora Milaje came and picked him up. Okay, Um, okay. But I feel like that arc arc as a whole did kind of wrap up in the fourth episode. Yeah,
1: because then he's only in one scene in both the fifth and sixth episodes. He just gets, because he escapes in the fourth, and then just immediately just gets caught in the fifth, which whatever. And um, then he's
2: on the boat he's thing the raft. or the, the, the raft. raft.
1: Okay. Um, okay. And it seems like he had the flax smashers killed by his butler. Mm-hmm. Um, for a second when they, uh, you just kind of see the reflection of an old man after this, after the car had exploded and the flax smashers were killed. I was like, is that Steve Rogers? <laughs> I was like, did he just <laughs> did, did he just
0: kill a bunch of people? But yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, I, agree with you that like the speech that like Sam gave at the end was kind of really, I think like all of the action sequences in the episode with him as Captain America were like showing that he can handle the physicality of Captain America. Mm-hmm. But I think that speech at the end was him like being Captain America. Yeah. I think that was him kind of taking on like the character and like the emotional weight of what that mantle means. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that was probably the best, in my opinion, I think that was probably the best scene in the, in the mm-hmm. whole episode. Um, and is a big reason of why I'm so excited to see like where they go with his character. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about where they could go from here. Um, because they very kind of loosely set up like a lot of things in this finale. So there's been a lot of rumors and reports going around for a while that Marvel is currently setting up some iteration of either the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts, which the tldr on those is like i guess the thunderbolts are vaguely kind of marvel's version of the suicide squad where they're they're not gonna have their heads blown off or anything but they're kind of just like a team of villains that's sanctioned by the government to like do some do some undercover work um and apparently marvel's setting that up uh and supposedly there was a scene that they shot for this that they ended up cutting out that it was supposed to be a post credit scene but they cut it out and probably moved it to Black Widow because I guess that scene showed uh General Thunderbolt Ross uh coming in to the raft with uh Yelena Belova who is uh Florence Pugh's character from Black Widow and it shows the two of them recruiting Zemo uh hmm. for uh the Thunderbolts. So we'll see if that report is true. Um but yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think that's a really interesting concept to move to introduce into the mcu and i'm curious to see where they go with that maybe that'll be the antagonistic force driving captain america 4 um i think that could be cool um i'm really curious to see what they do with john walker i didn't love what they did with him in this episode it Mm -hmm. seemed like they were trying to like put him a bit on more of a redemption arc kind of just out of nowhere which like i think mostly worked but also it was kind of just very Sudden and kind of left you not knowing where you feel about that character um but i think i'm all right with that just because that gives them more room to explore him later on especially now that he's taken on the role of u.s agent uh, which is what he's most well known for in the comics i think it's hilarious that his costume is literally the exact same just black yeah um like i like you couldn't have you couldn't have changed it up just a little bit um and then they even made a joke about that in the show which i appreciated um but, yeah, I'm excited to see where each of these storylines continue. Um, and the the main post-credits or the one post credit scene we got here was, uh, I guess we've already talked a lot about spoilers, but <laughs> I guess main spoiler alert for the post credit scene um, is we see Sharon Carter, oh, who was revealed to be the power broker, like getting pardoned and saying, ooh, I'm going to sell some government secrets to people on the black market. <laughs> um which I think is either setting up a season two or Captain America four. Um, I thought it was kind of a weekend credit scene. I feel like they could have done more with it. Um, I'm curi- I'm glad that they're doing something with her character. Because I feel like they they introduced her way back in Captain America the Winter Soldier in 2014. And they just haven't really done anything with her. Um, so at least she's getting something to do. But I think that... Nar- that narrative specifically is was one of the weaker parts of the show so i'm not sure how i feel about that like being a bigger thing going forward but yeah just generally what do you guys think about all of this i kind of just rambled there so.
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's a weird departure for that character i feel who has done so much to like she sacrificed so much for the greater good and and you know i guess Maybe, you know, she's just... And I think what they're kind of framing it, framing it as is that she's sick of doing that and she wants to do something for herself and she got, you know, she did the right thing then the government was after her and blah, blah, blah. But, um, so I, I guess that makes sense. I think I, I mean, yeah, that was just kind of another weird subplot of this series was like, what's Sharon Carter doing? And like, we're going to kind of mention the power, like we're going to set up maybe another big bad, the power broker, and then it's like... Just Sharon Carter, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Even though, like, I it was pointed out to me after the after I watched, they don't explicitly say that she is the power broker. Yeah,
0: she never confirms. She's never like, Mm -hmm. yes,
1: it's me, the power broker. But Carly identifies her as the power broker, and then um, Sharon kills Batroc the Leaper because Mm -hmm. he was gonna out her. So, like, Hmm. she is, I guess.
0: But they don't explicitly. But also, she could just
1: not. Maybe it's all a. It's all a ruse. It's all a ruse. Maybe she's still undercover. Yeah.
0: I've seen two theories about what they could do with her moving forward. One is that she would then be the villain of the Armor Wars series that so they're yeah. doing with Don Cheadle since that the concept of that show is it's like Tony Stark's tech falling into the wrong hands. Hmm. So maybe she has something to do with that. Or I saw one uh, some people speculating that maybe she's a scroll. Um, which would explain like her kind of sudden turn. Um, And Mm. that would then also set up the secret invasion series, which they're building towards. Um, I think that's a very real possibility. Um, I think there are some holes in that theory once you start digging into it, but I think it's an an interesting idea. Um,
1: But Um, yeah, one hole that I, I just kind of immediately think of is in this, in that episode, she uses like the face mesh, uh, yeah, the disguise mm-hmm. technology. So like, yeah. that'd be very she, funny if she was a scroll and she was using that. Yeah, but like also, I guess if she was a scroll and then yeah, I, I don't, don't remember who
0: she was talking to when she like used that. It might have been Bucky. I think it was Bucky. Yeah, so maybe she was just keeping her cover for that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> she,
1: she had she has the disguise, me- she she has the, like the mesh on, but she also is a scroll. Like yeah, she, she has that on just in case. Yeah, so. I
0: think my big like. Objection to the theory that she's a scroll is like if she was a scroll and she was wanting to like infiltrate the government and everything, why would she then start selling government secrets at the end? You would think that she would just <laughs> want to kind of maintain a low profile yeah um, but also maybe she's selling government secrets to other scrolls, but also why would you never I don't know yeah.
2: Um, hmm. yeah when is when is the last time that we saw Sharon or when was the last time that we saw Sharon was the
0: civil war, war. yeah Gosh. five years ago.
2: Wow. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Or, mm, was she at Tony's funeral?
0: Yeah. I think okay. she probably okay. was. The last time we saw her in any meaningful context was... Civil
2: War. Civil yeah. War. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You guys have any general concluding thoughts on this before we move on?
2: Uh, good show. And I the, liked it. The last shot made me cry. And then I started crying more when it was like the Falcon Winter Soldier and then it was Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> it was very good.
0: I... I don't, considering they're doing a movie, I don't think there'll be a season two for this, um, but if there is a season two for this, I hope they don't call it Captain America and the Winter Soldier, because I think Mm. it's just too similar of a title to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, um, (laughs) like there's (laughs) literally just like, the
2: Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah,
0: um, (laughs) there's literally just an and thrown in there, um, but whatever, yeah, they're just like,
1: Bucky and Sam, Bucky and Sam having some fun <laughs> <laughs> um
0: one like little detail that came out of this that i think is kind of hilarious is now when you like you know how on twitter like if you do a hashtag this character it'll like show a little emoji of them mm-hmm. uh, after the finale they they changed the one for bucky so now he's smiling Aww. <laughs> oh
2: I'm like, that's, that's so, amazing that's so wholesome wow
0: um, yeah also one other just quick thing i want to mention is the like concluding scene with Sam bringing Isaiah Bradley to the like Captain America memorial. I mm-hmm. thought that wrapped up that whole arc really well. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just very very emotional. And I saw some people thinking that they want saying that they wanted like Steve Rogers to show up in that scene. I disagree with that. I think if Steve Rogers had showed up in that scene it kind of would have overshadowed the yeah. the emotional weight of it. Um but it's yeah.
1: like hey, we're going to honor you Isaiah Bradley, like the person who was overshadowed because of Captain America. And now Captain America's here. Like, yay. Like, I think that would be kind of bad. Yeah. It would not fit the context of that scene. (laughs) I'm sure we will see him again in some, maybe in Captain America 4. Maybe he is actually on the moon, like they kept on saying in this show yeah, um, i i i'm sure we will see old cap or I think time travel be, young cap again
0: i think it'd be hilarious if he's actually on the moon I, I think, think there's a good. chance that they could do that yeah um
2: why would he be on the moon yeah though? i think it would
0: be really weird for him to be yeah on the moon. i think he could maybe be like with uh nick fury like out in space doing stuff so he wouldn't be on mm, the moon but yeah. he would be in space in space i feel like he would just kind of want
1: to be doing what i say he was doing and just be like
0: He's doing some gardening and just being an old man. He's uh, on that fake beach that Nick Fury was on, like in space at yeah. the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. He's just chilling there. Um, that would be good. One other quick thing. Uh, so a lot of people are speculating that Marvel is setting up the Young Avengers um, in a lot of their shows because so we already saw uh, the characters of Wiccan and Speed who are Wanda's and Vision's kids in WandaVision. Um, then we're getting... Uh, why am I blanking on Haley's? Stan- uh, Kate yeah. Bishop. Kate, we're getting Kate Bishop mm-hmm. later this year with Miss uh, with Hawkeye. We're getting Miss Marvel later this year, um, and just like a lot of other, just general young Avengers characters are being like introduced into the mcu and one of them we actually got in the show uh who is i think his name's eli eli bradley um who is uh, isaiah bradley's grandson oh. um he's one of the young avengers in the comics he goes by a character uh, name and, called patriot uh,
1: the uh, torres
0: yes uh, i don't think he's a young avenger but he he's... is he does take on the role of falcon <laughs> once falcon becomes uh captain america and, had, and also
1: torres has the wings now yeah
0: so. and we see him like messing with the wings at the at the end of falcon and the winter soldier so he could be the new Falcon, yeah. which I think would be pretty cool that would too. Be good. Okay. Yeah, Overall. I
2: I thought my cousin and I were talking about it, and I was like, "Did you pick up on that? Did you?" And we were like, "Oh my gosh!" And then I was like, "Did I tell my friends?" And then you guys already knew that, so I feel we're really stupid.
1: We know nerd
2: We also totally thought that he was going to be killed in like the second or third episode because he was cute, and he was like <laughs> vaguely important in the first episode, like in the very beginning when he and Sam are like flying, or he's not flying, but he's talking to Sam, mm-hmm. and we we're like he's cute they have a connection he's probably gonna get killed and then we were wrong
0: i feel like that same logic applied to battlestar though who did get killed i don't know that uh he was john walker's friend
2: lamar oh i didn't that did not cross my mind i didn't ever yeah i don't know i just i don't know i don't know i have no <laughs> i have no thoughts <laughs> that's it <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, from there, we'll just move into our, our news for the week. Um, so we've only got like one bit of comic book news this week, uh, which actually just came out a couple hours before we started recording. Um, the Ironheart uh, Disney Plus series, which is going to follow, uh, I believe Dominique Thorne is cast as Riri, Riri, Riri Williams, um, who's like a, a black teenager who basically becomes Iron Man. Um, they have hired their head writer and uh, uh, with, uh, yeah, writer uh, Chinaka Hodge. Um, I have not seen anything she's written. She's most well known for writing the new Snowpiercer series that stars to Diggs, Um, and then also apparently she stars in and, uh, like did some of the writing for some music videos of a rapper named Watsky, who my <laughs> girlfriend is really into, like she has a tattoo of, of one of Watsky's designs. Um, and so when I saw that on wow. his IMDb, I like took a picture of, or on her IMDb, I like took a picture of it and texted it to Kayla. I'm like, Hey, look at this. And she thought that was cool.
2: That's amazing.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, I don't have much to say about this other than I'm excited to see them starting uh, to actually get into some pre-production on this Ironheart series. I'm very curious to see what this is because I know very little about the character of Ironheart. I know she was introduced like five years ago, um, but I know pretty much nothing else. Um, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I don't have too many thoughts on this. Um, I'm excited for the show. I'm sure she will be one of the young Avengers at, at some point as yeah. well. Um yeah good
0: (laughs) good overall
2: good those are my (laughs) thoughts too (laughs) um so yeah moving
0: on uh Maya Rudolph and Yvette Nicole Brown and Jayma Jayma Mays have joined Disenchanted the sequel to Enchanted um we've talked about this I have not seen Enchanted so I feel like I don't have much to add to this other than I love Maya Rudolph and pretty much everything she does so Hmm. I'm on board for that But as you guys are actual fans of Enchanted, how do you feel about this casting? Big hype.
2: Yeah. I think this is, like, perfect. Perfect. Fits the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting.
0: I
1: did not know who Jamea Mays was. I knew I recognized her name, but she is the counselor on Glee. So that's how I know who that is. Um, She also was in, like, something else uh, of note... I can't remember what it she was in. She was the love interest in Paul Blart: Mall Cop. Oh. <laughs> so that's very exciting. Um, Kyle, we st- we got to get you to watch Enchanted.
0: I want to watch Enchanted. Yeah. It's not something I'm uh, resisting. It's just... <laughs> you haven't gotten there yet. Haven't gotten. You have to, to, to watch it, Kyle, immediately. <laughs> um. Yeah. You guys have anything else to say about this before we move on? I'm excited. Hope it's good.
2: Yeah, I. I haven't actually gone back to watch Enchanted because I used to watch it religiously like twice a year for like five or six years running.
0: That's like 10 to 12 times.
2: Yeah, I've seen it a lot of times. I'd watch it with my sisters and my cousins and then it just became tradition. And I haven't seen it for years and I'm like scared to watch it again just because there's so much nostalgia like embedded in like every scene and we would sing all of the songs together and I think I'm just like a little worried just because now the people who it's, like, super n- nostalgic with have, like, grown up, and so you can't just make a crappy, like, kids movie and call it good, and so I don't know. I mean, it's sort of, like, The Incredibles to me um, with that, like, age gap or um time, time span.
1: I watched it for the first time in a very long time over winter break, and I realized it's pretty much just the movie Elf, but a musical because it's about, like... <laughs> Someone's a fish out of water in New York, and they don't understand society, and they find and they fall in love. That's mm-hmm. really funny, actually. Yeah, I had not considered yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It's it's a it's very good. I think it holds up very well. Um, and who's the villain in that? It's like
2: someone very famous. Uh, the villain. Yeah. Um. The. The v- 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 huh, yes, <laughs> oh,
1: it's Susan Sarandon.
2: What? The villain? I don't
0: yeah. recognize the name.
2: What? No, um, it's not. Yeah what who's like the...
1: the yeah the evil queen is susan sarandon are you kidding
2: yeah. me how did i not know this
1: oh uh, patrick dempsey's in it
2: and james marsden yes wow i totally I did not I know, know that that was her susan
1: sarandon. I, I th- Yes. is
0: it susan sarandon
1: i've always heard it's susan sarandon i think that's probably is the correct <laughs> <laughs> pronunciation probably but... is correct yeah
2: huh Cool. It's
1: a good movie. It's um, a good
2: movie. Great costumes. Yes. Freaking uh, great. I think the music's by like Alan Menken,
1: who has done like all of the good '90s movie musicals. So. All the good wow. Disney stuff. All the good Disney stuff. Um. So, sick and cool.
0: Yeah. Um. Following its uh its win for best international feature film, uh at the Oscars on Sunday night, uh another round is getting uh, an English language remake. Um, so we kind of talked about something similar to this last year and last week with Parasite, uh, where they're, I guess the Parasite HBO thing isn't a remake. It's a, like a weird spinoff show. I don't know. But anyway, another round. Um, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is producing and starring in, a, in an English remake of this. Apparently there was a bidding war for this between Leonardo, uh, I'd put Leonardo da Vinci in the dark. No, I did. I <laughs> oh, did you did that? Okay. I did that intentionally. Okay, good. I thought I <laughs> and just, it had, I I thought I just had accidentally done it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a subconscious thing I just did. Yes. Um, so yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio's production company, Jake Gyllenhaal's production company, and uh, um, what, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Elizabeth Banks' production company. Apparently all three of them were like in a bidding war over this. Which, I'm sure this will be good, but also, just go watch the version that already exists. It's got Mads Mikkelsen in it. He's not, like, a no-name actor. Like, mm-hmm. he's he shows up in so many English-language films already. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I just don't see the point in remaking this, like, because the original is, is good. It's a good movie. Like, and it's, like, it's not that hard to read subtitles. Like, just read the subtitles. It's not hard. I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it's
1: dumb. Uh, Hollywood doesn't need to remake um, things from other countries. Like, there's no, there's no need to do that. Um, just, just go watch the already very good movie that exists. It's just gonna be like, imagine getting drunk in America. <laughs> Yay! Like that's just that's just what it's gonna be. Um, Yikes. I guess Jake and Leotis both really wanted to play like a, a drunk guy
0: they just wanted to dance around at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. They, they, they were like, we can just actually be drunk well while making these <laughs> movies, so like, let's do it. Um Yeah. I I don't I don't want it. I
0: don't I don't want it at all. You have any I, thoughts, Mia?
2: When did When did another round come out?
0: Uh just a few months ago.
2: Uh, I could see like give it a year maybe. You know, at least give it time for people to actually watch like the original. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But yeah, subtitles aren't, like, I watch everything, I think, with subtitles, and I find myself reading them, and I don't like that, that I do that, but it's not hard to, like, quickly read it, and then you look back up. Like, I don't understand how difficult it is for people. And it's just insulting, I think, to the original, like... Yeah. Well, we think Which, we can make it better.
0: Granted, like Thomas Vinterberg, who is the director of the original and like writer, um, he is like an executive producer on this. So like hmm. he is involved, okay. um, but he won't be directing this. So I don't know. Again, I just don't think it needs to happen. Yeah. Just make, tell an original story. like.
1: Just make a different movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like you're Leonardo DiCaprio. There, are, there's many you, things. Like you can literally do anything you want to do.
1: You are Leonardo da Vinci. You have made done many inventions <laughs> <laughs> or paintings or whatever you did. I don't, I don't know.
0: I think both. I think
1: both. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it's both.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, you know. just a Leonardo da Vinci podcast. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, uh, moving on from there, we got the news that the Monsterverse, uh, which can, is, the, is the Godzilla-Kong general big big monster universe from, uni- uh, from Warner Brothers, uh, is continuing. Uh, Adam Wingard, who directed uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, um, is currently in, direct, in talks to direct uh, whatever the next Monsterverse film is going to be. They haven't officially like confirmed what that movie is reports are going around that internally uh, like within warner brothers it's being referred to as son of kong which i don't know how i feel about that like i know son of kong is like a movie that already like they've already done that like it's an established thing in the in the previous king kong franchises but also like you just established this version of kong like why are you just gonna replace him (laughs) Like, I don't know.
1: Maybe he's just, like, it's a it's a tender father-son story. And, and it, <laughs> he's like, I'm a single dad, and I'm raising my son.
0: And we're, like, in the middle of the earth. Yep. Just running around fighting some weird lizard bats. I would love that. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just excited to see the MonsterVerse continuing. I had a lot of fun with Godzilla versus Kong, and it was just, these movies aren't always great, but they are usually fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad to see that they're continuing with it. Uh, Even if it is a Son of Kong movie. Yeah. What do you guys think?
2: Son of Kong. It's just a little strange to me. I don't know.
1: (laughs) If you call it Spawn of Kong.
2: Oh, that's a little, that's like a tongue twister, a little bit. Spawn of Kong. (laughs) Then it just sounds like you're, what are words? Like say it five times and. Spawn of Kong. Sounds like a word. Combine it into one word. It's dead
1: week, everybody. We are very tired.
2: Spawn of Kong. (laughs) It's just that feels weird. Like coming out of my mouth, it sounds Uh weird. Feels wrong. Wrong of Kong.
1: (laughs) Instead of, so it's like the kin of Kong. (laughs) Instead of King Kong, it's the kin
0: of Kong.
2: (laughs) That's actually really funny. That's so much better. We should do that. Just King Kong and Kin Kong. (laughs) King Kong's kin, kith and kin of Kong. Kong, I can't, I can't say it.
1: King Kong and the kin of Kong. King Kong and the kin of King Kong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just that's, to make it that's as, complicated as, I, I, as complicated as possible. As complicated as possible. Oh gosh!
0: <laughs> All right. Before we derail any more than we already have, uh, Paddington Toon is officially the best movie ever made. <laughs> that's the news that's, the, that's it that's the headline we, we have <laughs> just
1: subjectively decided that we are declaring it best movie of all time yeah
0: um so where this is coming from is so i guess paddington 2 and uh citizen kane i guess we're the only two 100 rated movies on rotten tomatoes i definitely thought there were more than that. I think
1: maybe it's like based on how many reviews you have. Yeah that would make sense.
0: Okay (laughs) so I guess they were kind of neck and neck for the highest rated movie of all time on Rotten Tomatoes Um, and then Rotten Tomatoes has been going through and for i guess some of their older films they've been trying to find like contemporary reviews of the time the film was released and they found one for citizen kane that was a negative review so now citizen kane has a 99 uh percent on rotten tomatoes leaving paddington 2 as the the king the king of movies (laughs) uh the highest rated film of all time paddington 2 on rotten tomatoes wow incredible and well-deserved Yes, true cinema that.
1: yeah wow i think if you had to if, if you were like showing an alien a movie and you, were, and you had to explain what a movie was i feel like Paddington Two is is as good as any yeah yeah this is cinema this be, is <laughs> this is the peak of human achievement
0: the aliens would be like you guys have talking bears and we're like <laughs> yes this is our life yeah yeah um so yeah i just wanted to briefly mention that because we love we're we're a pad a pro paddington podcast <laughs> that's what we are <laughs> We
1: should change the name of this podcast to the Pro
0: Paddington podcast.
2: Pro Paddington. Yeah.
0: Um, So yeah, moving on from there, uh, we got some general TV news. Uh, First of all, I guess Fox, uh, under under Disney, is developing uh, a Flintstones sequel series um, that's called Bedrock. Um, It's taking place 20 years after the original uh, Flintstones series, and it's going to follow an adult version of Pebbles. Voiced by uh, Elizabeth Banks um, as uh, Fred and uh, is it Wilma uh, as they like get older and are retired and that kind of stuff um, and just generally uh, I guess their society is in transition from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age and so it's about like changing times and that kind of stuff which I'm not against this. But also, it's not something I would have been seeking out. I think, like, if a trailer comes out for this and it looks pretty good, I'll I'll give it a shot. But it's not something I'm, like, dying to see. I'm pretty neutral on it. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I feel like a, a raunchy Flintstone show is is kind of interesting. Like like an adult.
0: Is it supposed to be that?
1: Yeah, I think because it says it is an adult animated show. Okay. So, like... I would hmm. guess. And and they they mention in like the same breath as like The Simpsons and Bob's Burgers Okay. And like, yeah.
0: So that vibe but Flintstones. So not like R-rated but no. not like a children's yeah. show. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I'd be down for that. Yeah. I could I would assume this would just go directly to Hulu or something or maybe on I think FX. it's
1: going to like Fox Fox maybe? Like like yeah. Okay. Just Fox TV so. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: I'm curious to see if the animation style is, like, the classic Hanna-Barbera look or if it's, th- like, like, updated. I hope it's, like, the classic. I hope it's the classic. I hope it's not, like, weird 3D animation yeah. or... I hope it's not, like, the Flintstones, but they look like the characters in Bob's Burgers. Like, yeah. I love Bob's Burgers, yeah. but I don't think that would work.
1: Yeah, I think it would be fun to kind of go back to the classic hanna Hannah. Hannah is is it Barbara? I
0: think so. When I was a kid, I said Hannah
1: Barbera. But that's probably not. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I think it's just Hannah Barbera. Probably. Um, but yeah, I think going back to that kind of old classic style would be fun, and having it in that style, but then it's like a little bit. It's just like for adults. I think could be kind
0: of an interesting. Yeah. Because so I feel like no kids are going to care yeah. about this. Isn't
1: that what like Harvey Birdman is like? Isn't there like. There is kind of an adult version of like these, those characters. I,
0: I know, think. I know very little about her, about Harvey Birdman, Same. but it's popped up more and more on my radar over the last few months. So like, I think it used to be like a kid's show, but now like the version that exists now is just like him being a lawyer and like not doing any superhero stuff. And <laughs> it's just kind of a bit, um, which I think kind of sounds good. So I might check it out sometime, yeah. but yeah. So I assume it'll be something like that. Do you have any thoughts on this bedrock show, Mia?
2: I did not grow up watching the Flintstones, so I really don't know anything.
0: You weren't a boomerang watcher? No. I don't know what that sad. is. That's very sad for you. You don't know what boomerang
2: is? Well, let me tell you, as I have said many, many times, <laughs> I grew up in nature documentaries and playing outside and Tales. How dare you? I was very used to animals eating each other, and then I didn't want to watch anything else. <laughs> that's it
0: boomerang was incredible yes. i think boomerang is still a thing but i think it's just kind of littered with like shows that were on cartoon network when we were kids yeah. rather than like classic yeah. shows because when when we were kids watching watching boomerang it was it was the flintstones it was the old like aquaman animated series yeah. it was like uh tom and jerry and just like all the classic Hanna barbara shows um it was a good time and scooby-doo Yeah. Yes. Very many many fond memories of just like watching Boomerang for hours with my. And like the
1: weird uh, commercials and transitions that they (laughs) would have between episodes that were like kind of weird and trippy and were kind of terrifying. Yeah, but yeah.
0: What was the what was the show that they had that was basically just Hanna Barbera characters, but they were just racing each other? Something.
1: uh it's a very good question. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't remember the name of it because it was like. Jabberjaw is racing, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and like Penelope Pitstop is racing now. Yeah, and
0: I think there was like a few points where like Scrappy Doo showed up or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't remember what that show was called. The uh, Pink Panther was also on Boomerang. That was pretty good. This is true. Are the Hanna Barbera shows streaming anywhere? I feel like they should be. be.
1: Pretty sick, honestly. It's called. It was called Wacky Races.
0: <laughs> that checks <Wow>. out. Yep.
1: <laughs> I thought it was like some like referential name but it's just not it's just races that are wacky
0: i haven't actually looked into it but this article says that the Hanna Barber shows are streaming on hbo max yeah so we'll move on from there uh we got some details about the percy jackson disney plus series um so rick riordan uh the author of the percy jackson uh books Um, posted like basically just an open casting call on his social media that basically says that they are currently looking to cast Percy and like the lead characters of the show. Um, But in this casting call, there's some details about the show that came out that I think are pretty interesting. First of all, they're looking to cast um, an actor as Percy that at least looks 12. So they're, they are going with like the traditional, like younger version of the character that they're hoping will then like grow with the character, like as he does in, in the books. Um, and with that, he also, uh, Reardon also mentioned that they are assuming the show is successful planning on doing roughly like, uh, a book per season, mm-hmm. um, that they are wanting to do five seasons for the five books that then the actors can age with the characters over the course of that. Um, and I think that's, yeah, exciting details. I think it's encouraging to see that they're at least on paper doing this right. And like kind of just. It seems that Rick Riordan is very involved in this. It seems like he is actively like producing and being like a creative force in this, which is very exciting because he had very little to do with the with the um uh Logan Lerman led film that ended up being a train wreck. I love Logan Lerman, but that <laughs> movie itself is not good. And it showed that
1: Rick Riordan was not involved because it just v- weird departures from those characters and just strange creative choices. And yeah. I think as we've talked about, um, Disney plus is putting like the same budget into this as they would the Mandalorian or any like the Marvel shows. And that is very exciting because then it'll, it'll look good. It'll like just be, it'll feel like a movie, but it'll be more just well-developed and they don't have to cram multiple movies worth of things into like, one two-hour junk or whatever yeah
0: i'm i think doing this as like a tv series will allow them to like better delve into the characters and the mythos here than they're able to do in like a two-hour movie um so yeah i'm excited for this uh what do you think mia
2: yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I think I would prefer to just like go back and read the books because I have Nerd. recent experience of that, <laughs> and I know that that was fun for me. Wow. So I don't know. I'd like to maybe just not be aware of anything that's going on with it until like I can see a trailer.
1: Why um Why would you want to imagine these characters in the in the in, in the in the rich corners of your mind when you can just see it? <laughs> <laughs> why why read a book when you can watch a tv show
2: because the tv show is gonna come out in a really long time and i could read the books tonight if i wanted to
1: man if i
2: so chose yeah very disappointing but i'll I'll, i'm excited for this but i'm not like i'm gonna know everything about this you know like it's i prefer to just wait until i actually have something to look forward to cool that's my opinion
1: what's a lame opinion
2: you're a lame opinion. I know. Okay. Goodness. <laughs> okay. 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 We're, we're we're getting a little bit too
1: uh, too mean here. Yeah.
2: This is Kyle's not talking. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. I was doing research for the next thing we're going to be talking about, so I didn't. I missed everything. <laughs> you just let, you just right. let Mia we're insult just... <laughs> me while we waited for you. I guess I missed that. Sad.
1: <laughs> uh, when you go back and edit, you'll hear all the mean things Mia
2: said. I mean, it wasn't. The meanest thing I've ever said to you. It's true. <laughs> true. That's not recorded.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> so moving on. Uh, one more TV thing. Um, the first uh, HBO Game of Thrones spin-off show that we're going to be getting uh, called House of the Dragon has officially began production. Um, this thing is already greenlit for a full season. Um, and yeah cameras are rolling Uh, there's a piece that came out uh, I believe in either Deadline or Entertainment Weekly about it just talking about the show what they're doing with it and they showed some photos from a cast reading which this cast reading kind of looks hilarious because like since we're in in the age of COVID everyone's socially distanced so it's kind of just a very large futuristic room of like people sitting at desks far away from each other and it looks kind of funny (laughs) Um, but yeah um just in general i'm excited to see that this is like actually happening that one of these shows has got off the ground um and there was a brief synopsis that came with this um so it says based on george r R. martin's fire and blood uh this uh the series house of the dragon which is set 300 years before the events of game of thrones tells the story of house targaryen um then it talks about some of the the characters and apparently they're really going to be playing into as you would guess with the name of the show they're going to be playing into the dragons because in the entirety of the show game of thrones there are three dragons They're and they're like granted those three dragons show up frequently but there are only three of them and apparently there's going to be like at least a dozen in this show they're <laughs> a dozen dragons. yeah they're going all in which granted like in the context of this universe that makes sense like that checks out like the three dragons you get in game of thrones everyone's like oh we thought dragons were extinct and so like this is set in an era in which i guess dragons were more more popular or more <laughs> more popular populous. yes um, there you go um so yeah i'm really excited for this uh they've got uh, miguel sapochnik uh directing the the pilot and a few other episodes um and if you don't know that name he directed like all of the best episodes of game of thrones like all the ones that like like Battle of the Bastards and Hard Home and like the Wall and like all of these like incredible episodes. Uh, we're all directed by the same guy, um, and yeah, he's directing a few episodes of this. So I'm very excited for this. Uh, I think it's got a good cast. Um, the only like name, um, like the only like name talent here is Matt Smith. Matt Smith, uh, from I believe Doctor Who. Correct. Um, yeah, he's playing like one of the lead characters in this, named uh, Prince Daemon Targaryen. Um and yeah, I'm just very excited for this. I know you have not watched Game of Thrones Mia. I know you have just started Game of Thrones or at least like halfway through the first season or something. I'm still there, <laughs> David. Have not watched in a month or so, so. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm excited for this. Um I'm hoping it can regain some of the goodwill that was going for Game of Thrones for a while and kind of revive that franchise a bit because even though it really kind of went off the rails in the last couple of seasons. I still think there's a lot of really great material there. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think? You have any thoughts?
1: Dragons. <laughs> that's, Correct. That's it. That's all. I've, yeah, what I've seen of Game of Thrones, I was like, that's what I expected, and I don't know if I like it or not. But
0: you haven't even seen any dragons yet, have you? I have you? not.
1: Yeah. Very disappointed. Yeah. yeah. When wow. did the dragons show show up? Um, I, I don't really care if you.
0: So, spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> no. the dragons show up. At the very end of the first season.
1: Oh, I'm pretty close to some dragons. Yeah, then.
0: which grant like, <laughs> I guess kind of a spoiler alert. Like they hatch from like their eggs at the end of the first season, Sick. so they're like baby dragons. Yeah. Um, and then they like grow into full size dragons over the course of the series. Nice. So by the time you get to the last season, they're dragons. they're very big boys. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. We've got one trailer to talk about this week, and that is. West Side Story, uh, a movie that we've talked about on this podcast that David and me are very excited about. I am less excited about. Um, I'll I'll divert to you guys first, because I know you guys are very excited about this trailer. So I'll just let you gush about it for a bit.
1: Kyle thinks it's a funny bit to to not be excited for this movie. Um, He's
2: doing a really good job at it, too. Thanks. um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will not compliment him for this act of... (laughs) blasphemy (laughs) against the name of um steven sondheim that's the guy um it looks great i'm super excited i know you were like it's fine but like i think it looks really good i um looks like it's shot in a very kind of old style it looks like it's very much faithful to the original movie but updating it in ways that it very much needs to be updated. Obviously, it is a cast of you know actual people of color and not just white people who are um, spray-tanned, which is very, very bad about the first movie. Um, I, that movie is a classic, quote-unquote, and I think it's good, but it, the reason I am excited for another one is there are very clear ways that it needs to be updated, um, and I think it seems like that's... What they're doing. Um, I think the cast is good and Elgort's a little eh. but <laughs> mm. I think as I kind of said to Kyle, the character of Tony is the male lead, but he's just in general he's not the most interesting character to begin with like yeah I, I think, think he... every other char- like main character is more interesting than he than he is.
2: Yeah he's very toast untoasted bread he's just white bread yes yeah, yeah. yeah. just kind of just like
1: and eh. in pretty much all other um what's story iterations he just spends his time being very just like lovesick and giddy and then he spoiler alert dies so um yeah i think so that being said i am not Enzo elgore doesn't need to carry the movie and i don't feel like i need to be like I don't need to love his performance to love the movie. Mm -hmm. So that's at least, like, encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think, Mia?
2: I'm excited. Um, Every single time that I remember anything about the movie, I tend to forget the fact that I know that uh, Mike Feist is in it, and then I get very excited um, because I like him, um, even though I've only seen him in Dear Evan Hansen. That's literally it. Um, I... I'm really more excited for this than I think the last time we talked, because I think I was siding more with Kyle the last time we talked. But after seeing the trailer, I just really love the way it was put together. I think it was edited super well. Um, Excited to see actual, like, Broadway, Broadway people um, in these singing roles. Like, I know Ansel Elgort has, like, a singing career, but he's not, like, professionally trained by any means. So seeing um, Rachel Zegler and Mike Feist in these singing roles... um, and then bringing back Rita Moreno, I yeah. believe, mm-hmm. um, will be really exciting just to see how that's handled. And yeah, I because it's from Spielberg, I feel like it's not gonna be campy, but if someone else had directed it, I feel like trying to capture that nostalgia of I don't remember the year that it came out, sometime in the 50s, I want to say. Like, I could see it being just kind of cheaply done. But um, just with all the experience I think that Spielberg has, I'm excited more about this than I was previously.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, somebody else who I am excited for to, to be in it is uh, Ariana DeBose, who is in Hamilton. Hmm. Um, she was like the bullet in Hamilton.
2: Oh, she um, was in The Prom. And she was in The Prom, yeah. Who is she? She in the prom? No, in oh she's
1: Anita in West Side Story. Really? Yeah, so that's great. Oh,
2: that's really cool.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: So
1: excited.
0: What I have to so first of all, <laughs> I want to say that I do not think this looks bad. Yeah. Uh, like by any means, I think it does look a bit generic. Um, I think like the the only thing that like has me like be like that's pretty cool with this trailer is like the shot early on when they're like walking in from the two sides of the of the warehouse and like their shadows are on the ground that was pretty cool um i think the rest of it just looks like kind of a generic musical like i don't know i'm glad you guys are excited for it it's just not really doing it for me (laughs) like
1: i'm sure i've
0: asked this before but have you
1: seen the original
0: i at some point yeah i'm I'm like generally aware of it but like i haven't watched like sat down and watched it in a long time um but yeah like i don't know i feel like just a lot of I've said this before, but I feel like the like all of the production for this, like I feel like everyone's time would have just been better spent making an original musical rather than remaking West Side Story. But that's just my opinion, and I know yeah. that's an unpopular opinion. And
1: I feel like I would agree with you if they're like, I mean, I think they've already said that 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 I think they have already said that they are doing this. But like, if we're remaking The Wizard of Oz or Singing in the Rain, I'd be like, why? Because yeah. those are perfect movies. They don't like you don't need to touch them. I but I think again, kind of like I said, there are things about that original movie. While it is a classic, and there are great things about it, that can and should like I think it doesn't. It is the definitive version of West Side Story on screen because it's the only one. But I don't think it like needs to be or necessary. Like if this is better than that, I'll be like, great. Cool. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. We we don't have this trailer on the dock, but like we also got a new trailer for In the Heights uh, during the Oscar <laughs> Sunday night. Um, I think In the Heights looks much better. I think In the Heights it's just like I'm very much like significantly more excited for that than uh, than West Side Story. Like I know obviously In the Heights is based off of the Broadway play, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not a story I'm familiar with, um, and so I think it just like seems mm-hmm. a lot fresher. Um, and I feel like they, I don't know. I feel like that. Like, In the Heights and, like, that vein of musical has a lot more, like, relevance in today's Hollywood than just another remake. Or not another remake, but just, like, another version of West Side Story. So, I think that's just kind of why I'm not super into it. Like, I just think it kind of seems vanilla and easy. Like, just kind of like a... Like, like in the big book of easy studio movie ideas, in a West Side Story remake is is towards the top of that list um in my opinion but yeah i'm glad you guys are looking forward to it um i will watch it and then <laughs> i assume feel the same way but we'll find out i got logged out of my google again so give me one second while i log back in um but yeah so we'll move into our main topic then uh and as you would guess uh considering how much we've talked about the oscars this podcast the oscars were this sunday night and so we're gonna we're gonna react to them Um, I've got a list pulled up we'll just go through each category and we can talk about them however much we want to um so i've got the the list of all the winners pulled up on variety's website uh, i'm just gonna start at the bottom of the list and just go in whatever order they have because i think jumping around and trying to do it in whatever order we want is going to be a lot of work yeah. so starting with best original screenplay uh, promising young woman won with uh for emerald Fennell wrote that screenplay and it beat out uh judas and the black messiah minari sound of metal and the trial of chicago seven i think all of those screenplays are excellent um i am glad that promising young woman won uh as i've said before like i didn't love that movie as much as most people did but i do recognize that it's a very well-made movie and a lot of people absolutely love that movie so i'm just glad that it got some recognition i think emerald Fennell did a fantastic job writing that movie so i think it's a well-deserved uh win do you guys have any thoughts on best original screenplay i will put this link in the
2: oh i got my ballot
0: oh yeah mia, mia came prepared
2: i did um oh i called this and i got it right nice. look at me uh surprising things i did not see this and yeah <laughs> i i went back and i watched a trailer of it like yesterday um and i think when i had originally seen it i was like mm, this looks very dark to me and i don't know if i could handle that
0: yeah it's a lot um but I think it, it, I think it is very good. Um, okay. I think it's very well made. Um, and the performances in it are incredible. Like, I will talk more about... Um, why am I blanking on the main actress's name? Carrie uh, Mulligan. Carrie, I will talk more about Carrie Mulligan later. But she is... I think this movie is worth watching for her, perform- for her performance alone. Because <laughs> okay. she is amazing. Um, do you have anything to add, David?
1: Not really. You know, I, I... Like I said, I think last week, I have not seen this yet. It's definitely on my list. Um especially now that it won. I think I definitely want to see it, but
0: yeah. Yeah, and also, fun fact, now DC has an Academy Award-winning uh, screenwriter working on their Zatanna movie. So but yeah, that's great. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, moving on for Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, the nominees were uh, Borat, subsequent movie film, uh, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. The winner was The Father. Um, I support this i think the script for the father is definitely well well done but like it probably wouldn't have been like my pick um i think like i love the father i think it's a very good film but i think the strength of that movie comes in its editing and its performance um its performances um yeah so i think i think this like it checks out um so i don't have much else to say about it Do you guys have anything to add
1: yeah i think without having seen it i feel like just based on kind of what you've said this is a movie that isn't kind of a obvious choice for best screenplay because yeah i mean that's not really necessarily like the strength of it but um Mm. i think i picked one night in miami just because i had seen that but um yeah no other thoughts (laughs)
2: I also don't really have a lot of thoughts on this, just because I also didn't see it. I feel like you're the most well versed one here, Kyle. You are ultimately Easily.
1: boy. Yeah. I
0: have seen three of the five nominees for this category. Well, that makes you
1: the nice expert here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, moving on for best international feature film, we had another round from Denmark, Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective from Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin from Tunisia, and uh, Quo Vadis Aida from Bosnia and Herzegovina um uh yeah another round won this which was no surprise considering just like how well received this movie was and the fact that um i can't remember the name of the director uh but he was nominated for best uh, Vinter... director yeah thomas vinterberg yeah. um and he was nominated for best director for this so it's no surprise that another round won um we don't have to stay on this because i haven't seen any of these other movies i've just seen another round um yeah i think it checks out it's yeah good
1: as as we said before love this movie yeah. And so glad as they're remaking it. Ha ha. <laughs>
2: um,
0: moving into Best Actor in a Supporting Role, uh, the nominees were Sacha Baron Cohen for The Trial of Chicago Seven, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, this ended up going to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah very exciting to see very exciting that daniel kaluuya is an academy award winner now i think he had one of the best acceptance speeches of the night (laughs) um and just he's just a generally uh very like i don't know it makes me very happy to see that he won this award and he just seems like a very good human being so i yeah i'm fully on board for this uh i had predicted paul Racy would win this i think paul Racy's performance in sound of metal is incredible um I think I don't want to say he's better than Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah because Daniel Kaluuya is incredible in Judas and the Black Messiah I think the only reason I would have gone with Paul Racy over uh Daniel Kaluuya is because I feel like Paul Racy is probably not going to get nominated again I feel like this was probably his his chance to win an Oscar and I feel like we're going to be talking about Daniel Kaluuya for a long time um Mm -hmm. like he will be in this race again um he is not yeah we're, this isn't the last we've seen of Daniel Kaluuya by any means. Um, but yeah, you guys have any thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I think to echo what you said, cannot at all complain about um, Daniel Kaluuya winning. He was great. Um, I think, yeah, I loved Paul Racy's performance, um, and I think I would have been very happy if he had, if he would have won. Um, but yeah, Daniel Kaluuya is for sure deserving here.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It still stuns me that he was nominated for Best Actor in this. Like, I know we've kind of gone back and forth on this many, many times, but even when I, like, went back and watched some of the trailers, I think Monday, which was only yesterday, um, knowing, like, obviously the results of the Oscars, um, and they had, like, that one scene I think that they actually showed at the Oscars um, when they were doing this category, and I don't know, like, like, the storyline is a, is about Fred Hampton, and it's about, like, the Black Panther Party. I mm-hmm. mean, like, obviously, it's about, like, he's Stanfield's character as well, and, like, that whole process. Um, but, like, I don't know. I just don't don't see why he was nominated for Best Actor. Like, I don't know.
0: As we've discussed before, like, I... I think Lakeith Stanfield probably was the lead actor in this movie because I feel like he had a lot more screen time and was, like, the story was told from his point of view. So, like, even though the movie, like, is about um, Daniel Kaluuya's character, Fred Hampton, um, even though the movie's about him, I think he was a supporting role. Because mm-hmm. I think it was, like, an outside look at that person and at mm-hmm. that at that individual. Um so like, I understand why, Dan- I think LaKeith Stanfield should have been in the lead actor category. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Daniel Kaluuya should have been in supporting as he was. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a much larger conversation that we don't need to delve into. That's fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, moving on from there, Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Uh, nominees were Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank and Pinocchio. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bo- Bottom One. I haven't seen any of these movies. Um, so I can't comment on any of them. Just from the trailers I've seen for Monterey's Black Bottom, though, the makeup and hairstyling is incredible. Just like, especially like what they what they did with uh, Viola Davis's character. I think she plays Ma Rainey, um in this film, and she looked incredible. Um, so I think it's based on what I've seen from the trailers of all these movies. I think it's pretty well deserved. You guys have anything to add?
1: Yeah, I think with this this category brings up just a one of many issues with the ceremony where they did not consistently show clips or for, I mean, even at the bare minimum for this, just photos of most of these categories. So I don't really have a ton of thoughts on this because I've only seen Mank and I don't really outside of just, you know, little things here and there, it would have been nice to see, oh, this is what the makeup and hairstyling for Pinocchio looked like. Here is what it was like in Emma. So then I could kind (laughs) of have a baseline of why they were nominated and why a specific one would one would win yeah um, so yeah it, it, you know it's just it which just very weird
0: yeah i thought it was odd as a whole for the ceremony not to include clips like they did for a couple nominate for a couple categories here and there like i think they did for best actor in a supporting role um but like most of the categories they didn't show any clips from the films which was just very a very poor choice because i think it kind of took away from the experience of like Actually recognizing and like honoring like all of these performances and all of these these roles, um, in in the filmmaking process, um, so yeah, that yeah I'm sure they'll fix that next year. I think they they took a creative swing for this Oscars and missed, but at least they tried something, um, even if it didn't work out very well. Um, do you have any thoughts, Mia?
2: Um, not particularly. I think this is, well. Now that I think about it, I feel like every category would have been enhanced by showing clips. Like, maybe especially sound. I feel (laughs) like, at least when they did sound mixing and sound editing, this is a completely different tangent. But I feel like when they did those two categories, like, that was super helpful to realize what is the difference between these categories. And then, you know, they did away with that. But even that, like, deserves like a chance to actually figure out like what am i judging here and i feel like makeup and hairstyling also falls into that category Mm -hmm. especially something like mank when there's i don't know if there's prosthetic work done but like at least pretty intense makeup and hairstyling like i would want to see what that looks like and what what dave was saying like what the process looks like it's just very frustrating
0: yeah yeah in years past like when they've shown clips for like best Sound editing and sound design, and costume design and makeup and hairstyling. Um, they've al- its always been like behind the- interesting, like behind-the-scenes clips, like mm-hmm. of them like layering the sounds uh, for like sound editing, um, and then also just like showing like what the process was for like designing these makeup, uh, like the makeup and like costumes for these characters, and mm-hmm. that was always really interesting to see. And it was it was missed this year, um, but yeah. So moving on from there, uh, best costume design. Uh, We had Emma, Mank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mulan, and Pinocchio. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom won here as well. I don't have much else to add. I think it just kind of echoes a lot of the sentiment that we talked about with makeup and hairstyling. You guys have anything to say about this? Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Cool. Uh, Moving into Best Director, um, which came a lot earlier in the ceremony than it usually does. Um, The nominees were Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennell for Prom- Promising Young Woman. Uh, as everyone anticipated, Chloe Zhao won this for Nomadland, very well deserved. Nomadland is an incredible film, and I think that's in large part due to Chloe Zhao's directing. Um, cool thing. So I'm I'm uh, I'm friends with Danny Laidley on Facebook. He's the the guy that runs the Ross here on campus, um, and he posted about how uh, apparently back in like 2015 they had Chloe Zhao here at the Ross um promoting one of her first films that she had done um and then he tried getting her back again for the writer a few years ago um writer with a d um and she wasn't able to come back for that but like he posted pictures of like her of chloe Zhao being at the ross and like talking with people like six years ago um and now she's an academy award-winning director which i think is just incredible also fun facts about nomadland like part this Uh, part of this movie was filmed near Scotts Bluff here in Nebraska, so that's kind of cool. What? Um, Yeah. Uh,
2: That's so cool. Yeah, uh,
0: the Eastern Nebraska, like, film commissioner, um, she, like, was posting a lot about it um, just on social media about, like, just getting this movie to shoot partially here, and like just the experience of that, and like meeting Chloe Zhao and everything while they're while they were filming. Wow. Um, yeah, Lori Richards is uh, the Eastern Nebraska Film uh, Commissioner. Okay, neat. Or th- she might just be the Nebraska Film Commissioner as a whole. Um, anyway. Um, So, yeah, I think it's very exciting. A lot of people thought that maybe they did this early on so that if they were going to premiere an Eternals trailer trailer later on, they could throw in Academy Award-winning director Chloe Zhao since she directed Eternals. That ended up not being the case. And since that's not the case, why did they have this so early in the ceremony? It was in, like, the first half of the ceremony. This is one of the major awards. Like, save save it for the end.
1: I saw an interview with some ABC executive. I don't remember who it was. But he said... That decision and some other decision, some other order of the show decisions that they made, which we'll get into, were made so that, oh, it we're kinda of throwing people off and in a good way so that they're they're surprised by the show and they don't really know what's coming next. That's what like Heat said. And I'm like, That's dumb though. Like yeah. especially like I don't It's the Oscars, like. And if you were trying to go for some oh out of the box weird, weird wacky wild Oscars why was the rest of your show, just really boring? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, so, yeah. Why was it just people sitting in a room at like a dinner party, basically? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Moving on to Best Sound. So, this is the first year that they mixed sound design and sound editing into one category. That's just Best Sound. Uh, the nominations were Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Uh, the winner ended up being Sound of Metal, um, which... 100% on board with that. The sound design uh in Sound of Metal was absolutely incredible. Um and yeah, just very well deserved. What do you guys think?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I
1: think uh something I forgot to say when we were talking about Sound of Metal earlier is and I guess s- spoiler for Sound of Metal, um a scene toward the end of the movie where he is it what are they in what city are they in? Are they in Paris?
2: i'm not sure which one
0: i don't
1: at the end of sound of metal Mm -hmm. are they in paris Paris? yeah i think so um i think they're in france somewhere i believe well Um, because
2: when he's like checking the website she's in paris doing a concert yeah yeah
1: um so yeah anyway so he's at uh his girlfriend's um father's house and they're at a party and his girlfriend and her father like sing sing the song together and you hear it from just like a normal perspective and it, it it sounds normal and I kind of felt like I knew where it was going where you're going to they're going to change the sound so like they have so many times in the film so you can hear it from his perspective but it kind of like dragged on for a really long time and then like once it happened it was so just like gradual and then it just like kept on getting like more and more garbled and more and more just like just just harsh and like the way that 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 he was hearing it, mm-hmm. and it became from this like kind of beautiful thing, it became this like really just garbled and and you could tell like he was in pain trying to listen to this, and it was that's just an amazing scene like that gave mm-hmm. me just like full chills of just the sound design in that scene, and that's just one of many, many moments in that movie that where the sound design kind of just takes on a life of
0: its own, yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, do you have anything to add Mia?
2: Not particularly. I think you touched on it pretty well, Dave.
0: Um, yeah, moving into best live-action short film, uh, the nominees were Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and Wide Eye. Um, so I've seen all these nominees because I, I did it for uh, a article I wrote for the DN. Um, but the winner ended up being Two Distant Strangers, which was my pick to win. Um, just a little bit about this film. Um, it's basically like the same concept of like, groundhog day or edge of tomorrow where it's like reliving the same day over and over again except the concept is it's a black man in new york uh played by rapper joey badass um and he spends the day like he's the one like reliving the day every day um and at the end of the day each day he gets killed by a police officer um and the whole film is just him waking up trying to do something different so he can make it through the day and just like it always ends with the same result of him being killed by a cop um and it's a very interesting film um it's i think it's only like 20 minutes or so um uh, considering it's a short film um also it's on Netflix so check it out it's very good um i've seen some people online complaining about this movie winning saying that it it's like too heavy-handed or it's not <laughs> it doesn't handle the subject matter well like i personally disagree like i can understand some of the complaints like like there's one shot in particular some people have been uh uh like sp- like singling out where it's like him lying like dead on the street um and like his blood comes out and his blood like is vaguely in the shape of africa um which like hmm. is something that i didn't even notice when i was watching the movie and i just saw people complaining about it on twitter um wow. but twitter complains about everything so this is true i think it's a great film obviously a lot of other people do considering it won the award um so yeah check it out uh the rest of the uh, nominees here are also great and i'm sure you can find them streaming somewhere um so yeah i assume you guys don't have much else to say about this no Mm-mm. cool moving into best animated short film uh, we have burrow uh genius loshi uh if anything happens i love you opera and yes people i don't have the winner was if anything happens i love you i've only seen burrow so i can't speak to if anything happens i love you have you guys seen this mm-hmm what do you think, Mia?
2: Yeah, I think this is the one that I yeah, this is what I had um picked. I think I mean, I guess I can't really say much cuz I also haven't seen any of the other nominees. Um, but I definitely can see how this one won. I think just the the um concept is like dealing with the aftermath of a school shooting um and it's basically the parents grieving process and it's like interspersed with flashbacks of their daughter who um has been killed in a school shooting and it's just dealt with very well and um very creative and um i think they just do it in a very like honoring way to everyone who has been killed in a school shooting in the past you know however many years um so i definitely can see why it, why it won and i think it was well deserved
0: yeah that sounds heavy <laughs> very yeah um so yeah moving on from there uh, for best animated feature film the nominees were onward over the moon a sean the sheep movie farmageddon soul and wolf obviously the uh, the winner here was soul i think everyone saw that coming and everyone wanted soul to win so it did um and yeah get the thumbs up for me there's a there's a short film based on soul coming out on disney plus this friday um mm. it's called like 20 uh 22 versus the earth or something like that and it deals with tina Fey's character oh um interesting yeah um i think it's a little weird that like they like that's the character they chose to do an animated short with rather than um uh, i forgot forget the name of joe gardner is yeah. that yeah i feel mm. like he's a more interesting character but i'm sure it'll be like just a fun general pixar short yeah um so yeah soul Love it. It's very good. Good movie. Thumbs up. Um, yeah. For Best Documentary Short Subject, uh, nominees were Colette, A Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. Uh, winner was Colette. I haven't seen any of these. I assume you guys have not seen any of these. Correct. So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, for Best Documentary Feature, nominees were Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. I have also not seen any of these. The winner was My Octopus Teacher. Have you guys seen these? No. No. Cool. I've heard very good things about My Octopus Teacher, and it seemed like a fun movie, so Mm -hmm. I'm glad it won.
1: And uh, some, was it the uh, people who accepted the award who, (laughs) they're like, if an octopus can be a teacher, then anything can happen or something like that? (laughs) Yeah. That just became like a weird meme of the night. (laughs) Uh,
0: For Best Visual Effects, the nominees were Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. Uh, Tenet ended up winning this. Um, I think that's deserved. I think it is one movie that should have been nominated here that I just didn't even consider until like yesterday. Um, the Invisible Man uh, should have been here. I think The Invisible Man arguably should have won this. Like, because like it, the visual effects in that movie are incredible, but like they're so subtle and just very well done. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a little upset that that's not in here, but also the visual effects in Tenet are incredible just like everything they they did with like reversing time and all those action sequences say what you will about the movie that was very well done for sure um what do you guys think
1: yeah i think what is notable about Tenet is its lack of vfx shots um i remember christopher nolan said there are like fewer vfx shots in that movie than like a typical rom-com which is nuts um because Everything looks like it could have been done with CGI, but the fact that it isn't is very, very impressive. Um, and so, yeah, I think it is very, very well deserving.
2: Uh, I guess I don't really know what visual effects are. <laughs> like, like when I thought about tending, because I was, I totally got this one wrong, and I really should have just thought about it for like a split second longer when I was filling out the uh, the ballot, but. I guess when I thought of it, I was like, "Yeah, I can't really think of visual effects in this movie. Like the car scene, maybe. Like I don't, I don't really know. That's my brilliant insight." <laughs> uh,
0: moving on to best actress in a supporting role, uh, nominees were Marie Bakalova from Borat. Uh, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Colman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Yojung Yoon from Minari. Uh, Yojung Yoon won, uh, which, very excited to see that. I think her acceptance speech was was so wholesome. It was just, yeah, very, very good. Um, and her performance in Minari was outstanding. Um, so yeah, you guys have anything to add? I really need to see Minari. It's very good. Yes, you do. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. I, I don't think... think
1: it is yet. I'm really? sure
0: it will be soon. Yep. Okay. So yeah, uh, moving on. Best production design uh, for The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. The winner was Mank. Um, so Mank is the one Best Picture nominee I haven't seen, so I can't speak too much to it. But just generally from what I know about the film and how they recreated all these old sets and like shot in black and white and everything, I think it makes sense that Mank won Best Production Design um, considering they kind of really kind of doubled down on that uh, classical Hollywood style, I guess. Um, but yeah, Dave, you've seen Mank. What do you think?
1: It's supposed to be during the thirties or forties and it looks like that. So good
0: job, guys. Do <laughs> you have anything, Mia?
2: Uh not particularly, no. Cool.
0: Uh best cinematography. Uh we had Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomad Land and the Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh Mank won this as well, I assume for the exact same reasons. So mm. yeah.
2: Cool. Sad. Yes. I'm I'm sad Nomad Land didn't win this, but also uh that is the only one that i had seen so i was probably pretty biased but i think even in like the clips that we saw like those beautiful like super super wide shots of the outside i think that is like cinematography to me so again super (laughs) biased
1: Mia just made a a chef's kiss (laughs) it was
2: very (laughs) lazy (laughs) yeah
0: i can like i i think the cinematography in nomad land is great as well i think I can imagine some people not liking it just because so much of it is handheld, um, which I think it works for what the movie is, and I think that like adds to the immersion of it, but I can see some people being turned off by that, which is why I would understand why it didn't win. Huh. But you have anything, Dave? Um, no. Cool. <laughs> uh, Moving into Best Film Editing, uh, nominees were The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. The winner was Sound of Metal. I thought The Father was going to win this. Uh, I wanted The Father to win this, but I'm also just very happy to see Sound of Metal getting more awards. So no complaints from me. Uh, What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I think the editing in Sound of Metal wasn't necessarily notable, at least to me. Um, So I I was a little bit surprised by this, but yeah, like you said, I'm happy to see Sound of Metal get some love.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You have anything to add, Mia? Not really. Cool. Cool best original score we had Defive bloods mank minari news of the world and soul unsurprisingly this went to soul because the the score there was incredible uh that was trent reznor atticus ross and john batiste um i thought it was really cool that they just let john batiste have the acceptance speech considering trent reznor and atticus ross (laughs) i've probably won before and probably will win again didn't
2: didn't they win for social network
0: i would assume so okay i hope so i Um, think so if not, then they were robbed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't care what else. Yeah. Who else was nominated? Um,
0: but yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah, this checks out. Do um, you guys have anything to add?
1: Yeah, so they won for uh, Social Network, and they had not been nominated at all again until this year when they were nominated for Soul and Mank. So. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Wild. Yeah. What else have they done? Some other stuff. Uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Gone Girl
2: wow that's neat um, visions of harmony they did patriots waves, day
1: that movie waves that you guys oh, that was pretty good
2: i remember liking that yeah, yeah. They did bird box they did mid 90s i did not know that man they are
0: <sighs> i think that they did a really good job with bird box as well yeah hmm. um yeah, yeah. That's Uh, Moving into Best Original Song. Nominees were Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice, Trial of the Chicago 7, Husavik from Eurovision Song Contest, um, uh, IOC Scene from The Life Ahead, and Speak Now from One Night in Miami. The winner was Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't really care about any of these songs, so I don't have much to say.
1: Yeah, the only song I had heard was Speak Now, which I think is a very good song. Um, That's just sung in the... Credits of One Night in Miami by Leslie Odom Jr. Um, But yeah, after here, after the only best song performance that I saw uh, of the night was Fight for You. And I thought it was good. So, cool.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um... (laughs) they have best picture next on this list, but we're going to end with that. Unlike the Oscars. (laughs) We're going to do it right. Yeah. Um, so best actress in a leading role, uh, nominees were Viola Davis, Andre Day, Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, and Carrie Mulligan. Frances McDormand won for Nomadland. I think it's very well deserved. Um, I think Frances McDormand is incredible in Nomadland. Um, I do understand a lot of people being upset with this considering like, Frances McDormand, this is the, her third time winning, and it's for a very similar role than that she played in Three Billboards uh, outside of Ebbing, Missouri a few years ago, which she also won for that. Um, I think, like, while I have no complaints that she got an Oscar for this performance, I think, personally, I would have gone with Carey Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I just think it was a more, um, I guess, exciting performance. It was just a more... Uh, out there in, in kind of original performance, mm-hmm. um, so that would have been my vote. I know a lot of people wanted Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, so, but regardless, this is an absolutely stacked category. So I think no matter who won here, it would have been deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think?
1: Uh, quick note about Frances McNorman. She also technically won an Oscar for Nomadland because she produced it. I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, she is the first actress nominated for acting and producing for the same film.
2: Nice. Wow. Good for That's her. That's cool. Yeah. I also saw that uh Riz Ahmed was a, a producer on Sound of Metal. Nice. That's
1: pretty
2: cool. Don't really know what that means. I was just uh like just thinking today like what does a producer do? And then I was like I should talk to Kyle about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But we we can talk about yeah. that later.
0: <laughs> um do you have any thoughts on best actress Mere?
2: Um not particularly. I think I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, I don't think Francis should have won that. She wanted Viola Davis instead um, just because she thought that Francis McDormand's character is very similar to her character in Three Billboards, which I can eh, kind of see. I don't think I necessarily agree with her. I think that's just kind of like Francis's style of acting and I think she does it incredibly well. So I I think it's a super, super deserved win. I think I like it just because it seems so underplayed but like she has a complete like mastery of that character and that's just so so impressive to me yeah
0: um yeah moving into best actor in a leading role we have Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal Chadwick Boseman for Ma Black Bottom Anthony Hopkins in The Father Gary Oldman in Mank and Stephen Yeun in Minari um the winner to pretty much everyone's surprise was Anthony Hopkins uh for The Father um so we'll talk about just how they handled this um, but before we get into that I want to talk just a bit about like the fact that Anthony Hopkins won and so I've seen some people on Twitter getting very upset like at Anthony Hopkins for winning don't get don't don't do that like Anthony Hopkins performance in the father is arguably the performance of his career like he is incredible in the father like he is sir anthony hopkins one of the most recognizable faces in hollywood and he disappears into this role like it's an absolutely like it's insane how good he is in this movie so i think that based solely on his performance this is a very well deserved win um but so do you first of all before we get into like Everything with Chadwick Boseman and the way they did this. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about just Anthony Hopkins winning in general?
1: Um, yeah it it sucks that he this performance will now be kind of tainted by just this the mess that we will get into. So, yeah, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't really have much to say just because I didn't see his performance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, all this stuff with with the Oscars. So they moved best picture up so it wasn't the last thing they they gave out it was the third to last award they gave Um, they wanted to end with best actor in a leading role because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win they thought Chadwick Boseman would win for Monterey's Black Bottom um, and that would have ended the night on a very kind of just like I don't know just a very kind of on ending end the night honoring the late great Chadwick Boseman Um, which I appreciate the sentiment of Um, I think Chadwick Boseman should have won like even though I haven't seen Monterey's Black Bottom so I can't speak to his performance there and even though I think uh, if Chadwick Boseman were still alive I think I would have been all in on Anthony Hopkins here but the fact that Chadwick Boseman is Chadwick Boseman and the fact that he is no like there's no chance that he wins an Oscar anymore at this point. Like, this was his opportunity, and this was the opportunity to recognize that. This was the only opportunity to give him that kind of send off, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. give, like, end kind of like his career on that incredible high note. Um, I think it's tragic that Chadwick Boseman didn't win this. Um, and Yeah, you can tell that like a lot of like obviously the Oscars, they thought he was going to win because they wanted to end on that, which I personally that I have issues with that because I think that almost trivializes Chadwick Boseman winning. Uh, It seems like they wanted to end on that just to kind of create an incredible emotional moment and have it be good for ratings and that kind of stuff. And I think like they should have just left it as it is. And ideally they would have left it as it was and had Chadwick Boseman win. Um, Because I think that would have been like the most, I think that would have been the best way to honor his legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think even if he had won and they ended on that, I think they would have been pretty much using him and using his performance just for ratings um, and just to get people talking about the Oscars, which I have, an, I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Building on that, um, I don't know if you guys saw this or heard about it. Um, in like their their gift bags for all of the attendees, they included an NFT that was like a, like a statue of Chadwick Boseman's face. Um, and I think that is ridiculous. Like, that is awful. Like they they just like included his likeness as like a weird digital trophy for everyone that attended the Oscars, which I think was a bad call in general. And it becomes (laughs) an even worse call when he didn't win best lead actor. So just the Oscars really messed up with this. Hmm. It's I don't know. I I think it's going to I think this is something that they're going to have a really hard time uh, like living like getting out of this i think this is something that has kind of tainted this oscars as a whole and it's something that i think they might have an issue getting out of the shadow of this just because like it's such a such a bad situation and such a bad situation that they didn't need to put themselves in Uh, i think they it would have been like tragic if he didn't win um just normally but the fact that they tried to use that to end on and then it didn't happen just made it so much worse yeah um I've kind of been rambling about this. What do you guys think about this situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I don't have like much more to say uh, than you did. I think I like would just echo everything that you said. Um, I feel like it is a classic Academy <laughs> moment. Um, yeah. They just seem to have a um, tendency to just you know, shoot themselves in the foot and just fall on their own faces, and just trip over themselves like trying to do something that like might be meaningful, but it just completely backfires. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think expanding on what I was saying earlier, we just like with Anthony Hopkins, it, it just it just sucks all around because it drags his performance kind of into the mud, and it and is saying and it kind of delegitimizes it and it's and just that performance no matter how great it is will always kind of be tied to that and also chavik Bozeman doesn't get the the send-off that he deserves and um yeah it just it just sucks like yeah it just it it is just a very unfortunate and bad situation so yeah Mm -hmm.
0: what do you think mia
2: i mean i don't think i have anything else To say that hasn't already been touched on, I think I was just very shocked, and I think that was kind of everyone's reaction, and I think you could even see, like, Joaquin Phoenix, like, yeah, (laughs) he was like, okay, what now? And I don't know, it just seems like you couldn't have planned for it to go worse. Like, the fact that Anthony wasn't even there to receive his award and at least wrap it up by giving a speech probably... I mean, he could have at least mentioned Chadwick, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously that's not his fault if he was staying home for safety reasons or what have you. Um, but it just was like it comes to a screeching halt, and I don't think does Chadwick justice whatsoever. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think from the perspective of both Anthony Hopkins and like Chadwick Boseman's family. Thankfully, this hasn't been too big of a deal Um, because so obviously... So Anthony Hopkins, I didn't know this until this week, but I guess he just does not care about award ceremonies. <laughs> he's just not into them. Like apparently uh, apparently so he won a BAFTA this year for his performance in The Father and he wasn't watching the BAFTAs. He was just like hanging out at his house and his family was in another room and they all cheered when he won and he thought they were just like watching a football game or something. <laughs> he just I like, had no idea. Um and so the fact Amazing. that he was at home sleeping like in the granted, like on the other side of the world so it was like the middle of the night. So like obviously he's he's like an 80 something year old man. Like he's the oldest person to win an Academy Award. Like huh. or, or maybe it's just an oldest person to win this award in particular i don't remember which one it is um so i think it's fine that he wasn't there and i think the the speech that he gave the following morning uh that he uploaded to his instagram i think was very good he honored chadwick boseman in that you can tell that he is very surprised that he won he did not expect that so i think that checks out well Um, and uh So at first it was a very bad look that they had also brought out Chadwick Boseman's widow. Like she was there at the Oscars and was there when he didn't win. And so that's not a good look. But someone was talking to her or like an interview with her this week. And she said that like she wasn't holding any grudges about it. And she said that Chadwick Boseman didn't really give too much weight to the Oscars anyway. So like he wouldn't have been very upset about it. Like it's just an award. Um, So they all seem to be taking it in good stride, which is good um but also yeah this is still just a very bad situation that the academy did not need to be in um yeah moving on best picture ending with it the way the oscars should have um (laughs) so yeah nominees were the father judas and the black messiah mank minari nomadland promising young woman sound of metal and the trial of chicago 7 uh the winner was nomadland yeah I love Land. It's very good and I'm glad it won Best Picture. I'm glad uh that Chloe Zhao um, obviously won for this like it's an incredible film um, and it's just getting her getting her some more clout as a director. Good for her. Um yeah, just very 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 happy. I'm mm-hmm. upset that they didn't end with this cuz I think it kind of minimized the fact that Nomadland won Best Picture cuz obviously when they end on Best Picture every year like that film Gets like so much attention and so much love and so much praise and i'm upset that nomadland didn't get that um they kind of just like we're like oh yeah nomadland's the best picture and then they moved on um and so i think (laughs) they kind of undermined it a bit which is upsetting um but i'm still just glad on paper that nomadland was one best picture um what do you guys think
2: um yeah i i (laughs) I hated the timing. I think I wasn't prepared emotionally cuz, you know, I don't think we've, correct me if I'm wrong, ever seen this format before when it hasn't ended on best picture.
0: Yeah, I don't think we have.
2: So it just it caught me off guard. Um I was obviously very very excited. I guessed it wrong, but I was very happy to be wrong cuz I think it was well deserving. Um so yeah, just very very happy to see it win.
0: What do you think, Dave? I need to see this movie. (laughs) Yes, you do. It's on Hulu.
1: Yes. I will. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I will watch it at some point. It's pretty good. Yep.
0: All right. Um, Do we have any just general thoughts on this ceremony, on the Oscars as a whole as we wrap up?
1: You know, I think I, the Oscars is just like one of my favorite things to watch. Like, it's like one of my favorite nights of the year. I don't think that was like diminished this year because I think, because it's, we had over a year of wait because it was delayed. And I was happy to see it happen. I think I did not. It, it very clearly was just like a bad ceremony, like like I think for the most yeah. part. But, and like I recognize that, but I didn't like hate the way that it was done. I think there were like a million small mistakes that just kind of added up and just made it a weird and awkward time. But I just still enjoyed it. Um, it seems like, most people didn't because it had its lowest viewership in ever by like yeah. a large margin. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you're,
0: you can keep talking about that. I'm gonna look something up real quick. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, I, I think it was kind of a big fail. But <laughs> personally, I was like, it's the Oscars. I'm happy to watch it. It. I think because it was just kind of like a nothing, like blah. Oscars and there were like notable bad moments as we've talked about (laughs) but for the most part it was just like watching a dinner party for like three hours. I I kind of
2: liked it that it felt a little bit more low-key and that I was like watching my friends eat dinner. Instead of it being like, oh my goodness, look at these people. I mean, I think I missed out. It was sad that we didn't get like these huge like performances or anything of like original songs or like seeing everyone like come onto the stage and like totally critiquing outfits and all of that like that felt very played down um, for obvious reasons. But I felt like the format worked to a certain degree, but also splitting it up. Into two different locations. I don't know. I yeah. mean, that's COVID. So, yeah.
1: I think just the format was really weird. um My mom uh compared it to uh being at a high school, like, end of year choir, like, awards banquet, <laughs> but it was like three hours yeah. long. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. So, I think as a whole, the Oscars, in terms of like who won the Oscars and everything this year, they were pretty on point. Um, with the exception of like Chadwick Boseman not winning Best Actor, I think. As a whole, they did a pretty good job. Um, I think the ceremony itself was kind of a mess. Uh, I think it was both boring and kind of just like people talking and there were no clips. And I think the speeches were pretty good early on, but then I'll be honest, later on, I kind of just started tuning them out because the show itself was so boring. (laughs) Uh, Like I just kind of didn't really care anymore. Um, And so in terms of the viewership, Uh, I've got, I've got the numbers pulled up here for basically from 2014 to now, uh, what the viewership has been like every, every year. Um, and just for a little bit of context, viewership for like every award ceremony has been down this year. Um, just because of COVID and everything like that, just like as a whole, like even the Grammys and the Tonys and like all of like the BAFTAs, all like they, they're all down. Um. But in 2014, the Oscars had 47 point, 43.7 million viewers. 2015, they had 36.6 million. 2016, they had 34.3 million. 2017, they had 32.9. 2018, they had 26.5. 2019, they went up a little bit to 29.6. But then last year, they had 23.6. And this year, they had 9.8. It's a pretty consistent downward trend. Wow. Um, which, yeah, it's not good. Um I think they just need to figure out what they're doing. I think even I think one of the issues with this year's Oscars it wasn't the fact that they didn't have a host but it was the fact that they didn't have anyone filling that role. Like the past two years, they haven't had a host, but at least they've had actors come out and basically pretend to be a host for like one segment, but then they like moved on and then would have someone else come out and like, just like generally keep the, keep the ceremony moving. Uh, And they didn't have anyone do that this year. They just kind of just like had people come up and give out awards and that was it. Uh, And it just, I don't know. I understand that maybe they were just kind of wanting to be straight to the point, a little bit more personal, but it just, didn't work um at least they tried something i'll give them props for that but as a whole i think the oscars this year in terms of the ceremony were probably the worst oscars i've watched um which i started granted like i started watching the oscars back in like 2014 um so hopefully they're better next year
1: yeah yeah
0: you guys have any anything else to say before we wrap up
1: uh yeah i think like i said i think it was objectively bad but i still enjoyed it i'm glad it happened i'm glad I got to watch it with my two best pals
0: yeah we had a good time watching the oscars together we did. It was, yeah it was fun
1: yeah uh, and i think it should be it should be noted that we had our um annual i guess this is probably like the only second time we've done it but uh, <laughs> yeah. our uh, oscar ballot competition to see who could guess the most um correct winners Kyle is our champion this year. I believe Mia was our champion last year. Correct. Um, Kyle had...
0: I had 16 out of 23. 16
1: out of 23. Great percentage. Amazing work. I
0: was friends. doing so well most of the time. And then, in like, the last half hour it just kind of went off the rails. Yeah. For a while yeah. there, I was, like, 16 out of... Like, I was I was basically just missing a couple here and there. I thought I was going to get, like, 20 out of 23. I was confident. Uh, but then, like, the last few awards, just yeah, I missed them. Yeah. Um, I finished in second
1: place with 13. 14 out, so, yeah. 14 out of 23, um, and then our, our our dear friend Mia um, just absolutely uh, fell off a cliff after her championship last year. You yeah. got 11 out of 23? Correct. Nice.
2: I checked our Twitter thread from last year, and I won it with 16 out of 24. Nice. So still worse than you technically, because are yeah. percentage 23 yes. percentage-wise, um, but never mind i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> but it was very close so you had 15 last year okay i think you had i think i had like 13 or 13 or yeah right. yeah so um, yeah i don't yeah i don't know I'd, I'd have to wait a whole year to redeem myself now
1: we're never doing this again you're gonna be last forever
2: this and is
0: true you don't have to wait like a whole year i assume the oscars will be at like a normal time next year oh, yeah this is so true. you'll have okay. to wait like 10 months great <laughs> So not a whole year. I have so much basically time to prepare. A whole year. Yes. And last
1: year was the first year ever I had seen every Best Picture nominee beforehand. And I was really proud of that. And then I just only saw half of them this year. So
0: This year is the first year in like the last... And like, I basically, I broke my streak this year. I had gone like three or four years having seen every Best Picture nominee. Um, This year, I did not see Mank. And uh, not because I couldn't see Mank. I just didn't really have much interest in seeing Mank. And you don't and really need to see it. Yeah. I Probably never will. Yep. It didn't really win anything. Like, it won a couple things, but not, nothing major. Don't you want to major. see the
1: cinematography?
0: I'm sure I'll watch it at some point, but I'm yeah. just not. I don't know. Um, so, I, like, I mean, I've seen all the Best Picture nominees this year, but that wasn't for a lack of trying. Or that wasn't for a lack of... I, in, I don't know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> Movies. I, we know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I just
0: don't. I didn't care to. Yes. Um, but, yeah, this has been episode 49 of Cinebraskans, Daily Nebraska Entertainment Podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co hosts, David Berman and
2: Mia Everding. And yeah,
0: thanks for tuning in.
2: See ya. See ya.